0: Welcome to the Bear With Me podcast on (laughs) Table Radio, where we aim to integrate belief and practice in the Christian life. Welcome, and I'm Andy. She's Vanessa. We're back Mm -hmm. for episode three.
1: Wow.
0: I can't believe we've made it this far. Me neither. This is so great. This just started as a dream. Yeah. And here we are living, (laughs) living the dream.
2: Yeah. A dream I didn't even know I had.
0: Yeah, me neither. And here we are. So, uh, hey, everybody. We're, last time we didn't get to um, a topic we had on our list because we just ran out of time because we were just so deep in the woods with the Godbearer and everything else. So, uh, we, Vanessa and I watched. Vanessa watched it all. I got distracted in the office, but I got a third of the documentary of The Great Disconnect. Yes. And so that was a private screening that the city of Victoria hosted. So we had to log on online. Um, And the parts I saw were really compelling and really interesting. I'm I'm sad I didn't get to see the whole thing. Um, But we uh, want to hopefully get to see it again soon. But Vanessa, since you got to see the whole thing and Mm -hmm. even partake in the discussion Mm -hmm. afterwards that was online, why don't you um, tell us, give us a bit of overview. What is it about and why were we so interested in
1: it? Great,
2: yeah, really interesting documentary called "The Great Disconnect." It a lot of it was filmed in Vancouver and Toronto, and there's a Uvic professor, so locally we had some connections there. And basically, it was showing um, how isolated we are from our neighbors. This wasn't from a faith perspective. This was from like a human perspective, like a social perspective, and. So, the focus was on neighborhood and how little we interact with other people and some of the factors that play into that. So, one of the things they talked about was how isolation, which now with COVID means so much more than when mm-hmm. they filmed this, yeah. is as unhealthy for us as six, 15 cigarettes a day or living with diabetes. Wow. has kind of the same health effects. That
0: seems really unhealthy.
2: Really unhealthy. But the ironic part is that the more affluent we become, the more we purchase our independence. Like, So we get these bigger houses with bigger yards, and we get contraptions that help us do all of our, the things in our house so that we need people and each other less and less. So that's kind of the goal with, with making more money is that we can purchase more independence, mm-hmm. more freedom. "Quote unquote," free.
0: more isolation.
2: Yes, but what—that's what they were saying was that the mm. irony is that happiness or fulfillment and meaning studies show that it doesn't come from independence.
1: Yeah,
2: it's actually the opposite. That um, happiness is is directly related to our connectedness and our social relationships. So, what we're actually doing as we become more affluent. And move out to the suburbs and get bigger houses is that we're purchasing our isolation and our loneliness, and so mm. some of the really interesting parts about it where they showed all these condo buildings where people are living so close together, so you'd think yeah. you'd look at that and be like, "Wow, that's super communal living right yep no, no, nope. and the key- the difference was. Um so you know they interviewed all these people that lived in these condo buildings like do you know your neighbors and mm-hmm. most of them were like no i actually don't i thought moving in that i would mm-hmm. but i it's actually not conducive to community which is surprising and so you know people in the documentary said the question at play here is the design
1: mm-hmm. like
2: how well are spaces physical spaces homes Condo buildings, right. cities designed for connection. How conducive are they for connection? And that was so interesting to me to, for it to come down to this question of design. And they quoted Winston Churchill, who said, we shape our buildings, and then our buildings shape us. Hmm. Made me want to talk to Will Krasmowski, you yeah. know, as an architect or Jim. Yeah. Um, because I just oh. don't think about You're that. You're thinking
0: about different. our first podcast interview?
2: yes. Wouldn't that be interesting? That would
0: be really interesting. Because it reminds so me so much up. of
2: Jamie Smith, You Are What You mm-hmm. Love. He would say something like, we shape our liturgy and then our liturgies shape us. Right. Or we, sh- we build our churches and then our churches build us or shape us. Yeah. Or we go about our day and then our days go yes. about us. Yes. You know, there's like this, there's this connection between form and content. Right, and so I, I loved that part of it, even though I know nothing about architecture.
0: yeah, because you, you yeah you, this is an hour conversation already okay, so uh, so so many questions, so I mean, even just what you just said, like uh you you we go even just look at the scriptures, you are you are we are a temple of God's spirit in presence, and mm-hmm. so the implications even of our posture and how we use our bodies is, mm-hmm. is a big thing that we talk about in spiritual practices right now,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, it's it's a push against Gnosticism, which is a discounting of the body. You say, well, spiritual is the non-physical, it's the ethereal, it's the thing that, you know, the, the body's bad, the spirit is good. Mm-hmm. And and the Bible pushes against that if we actually read our Bibles and say, no, the, the creation is good. Our bodies are created good and mm-hmm. are meant to um, God incarnates into a body, into you know Jesus is God with us in the flesh, and so it it, it overlaps there the kind of the the architecture of our cities and our buildings, um, even down to our even down to our bodies and our our physical spaces as we use them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So interesting.
0: Yes. Also. You probably weren't done. You're probably in the no, middle of your...
2: No, go ahead.
0: <laughs> um, but remind me, because we had a conversation um, on the Table Radio podcast, um, not not the Bear With Me, but the Table Radio with the conversation with Hannah, you and Hannah. Yeah. And she talked about some about condo living. Yeah. And just the, the struggle of getting to know neighbors. Yeah. So we've got, we've got some experiences in our own community. And the, one of the questions I had is why do we work so hard for something that's so unhealthy? What is it about our dreams and ambitions and aspirations that are so counter to mm-hmm. what at least is being argued here as not good for our souls and our, what it means to be human? What's going on there, Vanessa?
1: Good question. <laughs> that's
2: what I wonder. Like, As practical, as practically... As being a neighbor, um, this documentary made me reflect on my neighborliness, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: like on my block. I don't mean theoretically or spiritually.
1: Yeah.
2: On my block, like the corner that I live on. I live on a corner. Mm -hmm. And we live in a basement suite, and our landlords above were really good about asking for an egg or an onion. So yeah. much so that we had like this onion thing you, okay. where I'd like hide onions in their place because they always ask for an onion. <laughs> so just buckets uh, of so onions. So when they
0: come down, I say, oh, did you check behind the yeah. couch?
2: Yeah, or, or I just like everybody? leave them on his chair okay. or like on his desk, just yeah. like a bag of onions. Mm-hmm. But um, so they would come down and ask for an egg or ask for a cup of flour or an mm-hmm. onion or something like that regularly. I loved it mm-hmm. because what it's saying is that they're willing to like check with me first before going to the store. Yes, I don't like doing that. i am yes. um, I'm like, I'll go to the store and get one onion instead mm-hmm. of going around my neighborhood asking for an onion. So I think that's at the heart of why why am I doing that? Like yeah. why don't I just like it's better for our household living situation. It's better for our block. Mm-hmm. if we just asked each other for an egg. Every time, and we entered into that economy of sharing and give and take. Yeah. But I have so much resistance to that when it comes down to it.
0: Like, you I'd like, rather
2: just go and buy it myself. You like to give it, but you don't like to
0: ask for no, it. You like I, to be asked for it. Yes.
2: What's, I love what's to that? Be asked for what that? is that? I think it's hard to be needy.
0: <laughs> it's easy to be a provider.
2: Yes. Feels great. Feels like, great. Oh, of course, you can have an onion. To help. Too.
0: It feels great to help, which is very. We're just coming through Christmas season now. Feels good to help other people. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But there's something about receiving.
2: I think that's so. that's
0: difficult. That comes right down to our neighbors, yeah, and who we live with, and maybe even maybe even our families and mm-hmm. spouses, and I don't
2: know. Yeah, like if you ask me, what would it take to be a good neighbor? um, You know, the first thing that comes to mind wouldn't be make sure you don't get everything, all your needs met by yourself so that you rely on your neighbors. Like with my new tenants upstairs, the 10-year-old girl and I this last weekend, we're going to make a cake, but we Mm. didn't have a six-inch round cake pan. So her mom was going to go buy one. And I was like, because of the great disconnect, I was like, hold that thought. Yeah. Don't buy a cake pan. Do you know how many cake pans are around us on this block? Right. Like we just have to go find crowdsource one. Crowdsource the cake pan. But that's very counterintuitive to think. I would think being a good neighbor is like not causing any problems, having everything you need, being polite. Yeah. Not actually being insufficient on your own or being mm-hmm. dependent.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Or it's the vulnerability to go across the street and have the awkward conversation or to knock on the door. And to be in a position of receiving, that actually seems like the key to me yeah. to being a good neighbor. It
0: seems like such a small, trivial thing that you're talking about, yeah. but you're saying it's not. It's a key to. It's a key to because those are those are actually easy ways to be in, in neighbor spaces. Mm-hmm. Those are natural prompts to see your neighbor, to talk to your neighbor, to ale- give your neighbor the opportunity to bless you or to give you something,
1: mm-hmm. and to
0: be the be in the sufficient spot yeah. where they might feel in so much other parts of their lives on the like who knows their story they yeah. might be like always having to be receiving and asking for help but to be able to be that person for someone else might be a, a real uh, counterintuitively a real need
2: I think that's the point the documentary didn't say anything like that but that's what but, I got yeah from it. but you did I did you did <laughs> That was the key. If they had interviewed
0: you mm-hmm. in the documentary, they would have covered that point.
2: Yeah the the angle they went is they had this woman organize a party at her condo in Vancouver. Right. Yeah, I
0: saw
1: that part.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which I agree with that too. Like it, they said, the you know one of the people said. Yeah. So my main point is get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. So that sounds like initiate, take initiative, mm-hmm. and and bring your neighbors together. But I heard it as what get what's. What's my comfort zone? My comfort zone is not being needy, mm-hmm. not being a, a burden, not having awkward conversations. Yes. And so I heard it as getting out of your comfort zone is, yeah, receive from, get in a position where you can receive from your neighbors. Yeah. And that starts the economy of grace, which to me is the economy of the kingdom of heaven, like mm-hmm. this um, sharing. Yeah. Uh, sharing of our wealth. Yeah. Instead of securing it in our suburban, Big yeah. homes with big yards and a garage that we drive into, so that we never actually yeah. have to talk to anybody.
0: And it's a little doorway to knowing and being known too. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's good.
2: Yeah. Interesting. I like that.
0: Um. Did you, so? I think I maybe Rail us. Did you have more that you wanted to? Say about the, 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 kind of the summary mm-hmm. statement of what the documentary was about? Was that pretty much?
2: I guess, um, no, I didn't have more, but now that you asked, oh, you great. know, I could always have more. Yeah, They did close with just this sense of imagination, which we've mm-hmm. talked a lot about. Like, that was the tone, was, mm. it was an invitation to be imaginative, for one, I guess, to trust That the key to our happiness is actually in relationships and our interdependence, Mm -hmm. not our independence from one another. Yeah. So that's the leap. Like we, it doesn't always feel like that's true, but we Mm -hmm. kind of have to trust that. And then if we do trust that, there is this real tone of um, be creative with it. Like it doesn't have to look like you're the extrovert who organizes a block party. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many creative ways. To make connections with people that are mutually fulfilling. Yeah. And that part to me did help me uh, reflect on just some of my evangelical Hmm. Christian upbringing that had the emphasis on loving your neighbor as um, you're doing something for other people for their sake and you kind of have an agenda. Yeah. But it's not this mutually fulfilling situation. Right. That's what's a bit new to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, can I give you an example? Please do. There's this book called The Tangible Kingdom that I read. Yeah, it's over there. Oh my right god. It's on you the have it? It,
0: it's in the table radio studios right now on the wow. on the bookshelf.
2: It was really great. There. It was really inspiring. Mm-hmm. One of the examples I remember from it was one of the authors would time going out to get his mail. Hmm. When his neighbor did, like he watched. Okay, when does my neighbor get my, the mail? Yeah, I'm gonna not go get my my mail until my neighbor does. So, a real strategic way to like <laughs> talk to your neighbor. It's like
0: just picture someone looking out the blinds, just waiting,
2: and then like jumping. <laughs> oh, hey, neighbor! So, I, I when I heard that, you know, eight years ago or something mm-hmm. like that, um, I started to be a bit more strategic in my own neighborhood, like that. Yeah, but I didn't totally get. I thought I was doing it so that um you know I could interact with my neighbors for their sake. I'm mm-hmm. kind of embarrassed to say that. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I'm starting to see that it's actually for my sake too. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of a shift I feel like I've made just as a disciple person. Yeah. Like um you know this neighborliness for the sake of the other versus this Understanding that this is part of my formation too is to ask for the onion
0: mm-hmm.
2: and to mm-hmm. receive the onion. Yeah, does that make sense? It does make sense. It does make sense. And
0: and going along with it too, our last episode was on God bearers, yeah, and and the idea that we bear God's presence in her wherever we go. And, um, and that's part of, I don't know, that's part of bumming into other people with bearing the presence of God yeah, and not always knowing. Sometimes that's asking, that can be asking f- for help mm-hmm. um, or it can be being a help
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and it can, seems like it could work both ways. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Do you live in your dream home? I remember that question coming up mm-hmm. in the documentary. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was sort of a range of answers. It was yes, but a lot of yes, buts. I, mm-hmm. I remember one in particular. It's where mm-hmm. the, the house of their dreams on property, but it comes with that cost of yeah. don't see anybody.
2: Yeah, not very
1: connected. And
0: it's almost as if, if in and this makes sense to me in my own life um, in, in with different examples, but people not finding that out until they get their dream like this is everything we wanted and like oh we're missing something Mm -hmm. I didn't think about the the neighbor element or the community element yeah right yeah so I thought that was really interesting I think that goes back to our back to the question of what is it about our dreams that make them our where do they come from yeah about oh this is this is the ideal that is so at odds with um, health.
2: Yeah, surprisingly, <laughs> that the design element of this documentary, like the you know the focus on, okay, are these spaces designed for separation mm-hmm. or for connection? That made me think of a rule of life, like how we design. You know, Annie Dillard saying how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and how we design. Are we designing our days and our weeks and our rhythm for connection with God, with ourselves, with others, and the life God has given us? Right. Or are we not really intentional about designing them and kind of leaving it to the wind? And is that producing connection? Where, you know, Mm -hmm. at age 50 and then at age 60, 70, 80, we look back, can we say we kind of— lived according to our values or
0: yes yeah
2: so the design piece made me think this has a real spiritual implication yeah in terms of practice
0: right yeah. i just
2: never thought about it with buildings so we should mm-hmm. talk to an architect because that'd be really interesting
0: yeah we'll get uh, we'll get an architect on the show great yeah we'll get our people working on that awesome i think mm-hmm. um it's great. I remember. I just the the other piece I remember is that one of the main people they were interviewing talked about how he would if he was in a condo,
1: mm-hmm. he,
0: he it would be very strategic. I would mm-hmm. get. I had to get my floor. Mm-hmm. I have to get my whole floor. The problem with if you wanted to go down a floor mm-hmm. to ask for sugar,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you had to get security clearance from. There's yeah. all these barriers just yeah. built in. Right, so you can't just go down and you, you got your floor and that's it. And that's yeah. all you can get out and in on, uh, or at least for some of them. I don't. I live in the condo, so I don't know how it works everywhere. But, um, but he said I would get my floor
1: uh-huh.
0: all on board in terms of yeah. social engagement, regular, you know, yeah. that kind of community, and we would want to be the floor that everybody talks about. Oh, I yeah. wish we were more like floor eight. And that, yeah, that was really funny.
2: Yeah, I loved that.
0: And I think I mean I I think that yours and my personalities are not the Not that Mm -mm. we're more the oh how how do we start with little little connections and Mm -hmm. kind of build from there, Um, but I thought that was that was really fascinating and just trying to think okay how do I apply what does that look like in my neighborhood how do I I I think your idea of of not being overly self like maybe even planning in not full self sufficiency yeah and saying I'm going to allow for some vulnerabilities so that I can. Have space with my neighbors, yeah, they can fulfill some of those needs, and I will look to fulfill some of their needs yeah that's really yeah, that's really interesting. It makes me think of um, Jesus feeding the five thousand in the wilderness or the four thousand uh, there's a couple different of those feeding stories, but um, because because some commentators talk about what if the miracle isn't just food out of nothing, what if it's the miracle of an economy of sharing, yeah. Right. That you start with somebody giving a little bit of something that is way too little. Yeah. But then other people like, Oh, well, I guess I have I do have some Mm
1: -hmm. things
0: here. Right. So I think there's that there is that lens to look at some of those miracle stories through two of how Jesus brings out some of those some of those connections in in ways that are otherwise impossible. Yeah. And what if that what if those kinds of things happen in our neighborhoods?
2: I think they do. It's like,
0: wow. That was that was a God moment. Yeah. For for our little our little block, cul-de-sac block or wherever
2: yeah. you know, we're living on. Yeah, it's very inspiring to me. Building in not being self-sufficient. I don't know how to say that without so many negatives,
1: but yeah.
2: um that that angle just is is di- is really different to me hmm. to be imperfect on purpose. Well, I am. Yeah. But to consciously be imperfect or not meet all my needs and to make mistakes. Yeah. Trusting that there's something in that zone that God loves to work with. Yeah,
0: it could be it's interesting because it could be cuz someday it could tr- translate to not being so worried about all the details. Yeah. And just trusting God through the community that you're a part of. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, we'll, you know, make it work. But in the meantime, it might look like having to actively push against those Our habits are so, I have to be so self-sufficient in this area. So, okay, I'm going to, I have to actively work on not getting, you know, not always having everything and that's yeah. okay. And then maybe over time, the habit forms to, oh, I'm just less worried about the A to Z of everything. Yes, I'm going to try to be a responsible human being. But I don't have to be a perfect, you know. Good point. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, know. I do feel like this leads into our second topic.
0: Let's do it. Second topic time. <laughs> Bewa- I had this written down. Okay. This fancy way of saying it. Beware of a sneaky consumerism disguised in spiritual garb. And we had this whole debate about whether I could use the word garb on a podcast. Is that updated enough? Spiritual.
2: Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know. Garb. People know. Garb. Come on.
0: Yeah, spiritual garb. And I think this this came up last time you brought it up, and Mm -hmm. it resonated with me because I think you and I are both a bit self-conscious about having all these ideas. Mm -hmm. I almost said great ideas. Whether they're great or not. Um, all these ideas about, hey, let's, how do we live life? And I think there's always the danger of just piling on ideas and expectations mm-hmm. for ourselves and for others. It's like, oh, if you really want to live the spiritual life, you have to add X, Y, Z. And then we're like, oh, are we the Pharisees? Oh, no! Yeah. Let's not be them. Yeah. Let's not be them. And uh, so we just wanted to address that, that we don't we don't want to do those things because those are the those are all the rules that can crush our spirits and just feel like, Oh, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. I must not be a good person or, or I am trying to do all those things. And now my life is more crazy. Yeah. Hectic
1: than ever.
2: Yeah. That's, um, that's like a constant tension for me, especially since I, you know, spiritual disciplines kind of came to, came to life again for me in Mm -hmm. a real way as an adult, you know, Mm -hmm. where, it felt like a real invitation to a fuller, more meaningful life yeah. through this these like guardrails of spiritual disciplines. But I always have the temptation to do what you said and just uh, think about adding to my life. Like, oh, if I just read more books on yeah. this subject, then I'll know what to do. Or if I just read the Bible more, then I'll have more discernment on this topic. Like that, or if I just buy shoes to go with that look good with my new jeans, then yes. I'll stop having to worry about what to wear every morning and yeah. I'll save time and I'll just be able to do what God asks me to do in the world yeah. once I get these things squared away. Mm-hmm. And I, it's just an insatiable, never ending reality. Yeah. Like the grass is always a little bit greener. It reminds yeah. me of Esther Perel. Do you know her?
1: Mm-mm.
2: She's like the psychologist who wrote Mating in Captivity. And does a lot of work on relationships. She Mm -hmm. has like a podcast where you can listen to her couples counseling. She's so fascinating. So she's done a lot of work on affairs and relationships and stuff. And she says, you know, we don't have affairs or get divorced because we're unhappy necessarily. It's that we might be happier. Mm -hmm. We could be happier. It's that like, just the door, like you think, I think I see green. I might see green. I don't know. Mm -hmm. On the other side. It's this possibility that there could be something a little bit better. And that, to me, is kind of consumerism in a nutshell.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Like, it's the preposition or whatever that is. If this, then that. Like, if I could just try this, get this, feel this, look like this, see this, then I'll be ready. And the trick about it is that we could be 89 and still... Be living like that. Like, it's just a carrot that's perpetually in front of the rabbit, uh-huh. and you're just chasing it forever. Yeah. And I, I just want to be so careful about that in my own life. Right. And sensitive to the fact that so many in our Western affluent culture mm-hmm. might be kind of hardwired or predisposed yes. to consumerism.
0: Yeah. Definitely. So, we don't want to do that. No. What do what are what are we trying to do? How do what? It's true. <laughs> what do we want to do? We can't add time. No, we can't add any TikTok time. No. That's set.
2: Hmm.
0: Chronos time. We you get twenty four seven an inch
2: to your yeah. time or to your life.
0: No, don't get any more of that. It's just what it is. So we have to talk. We talk we're talking about transformation, not addition. It can't. We yeah. can't just add. Oh, now I'm gonna do this discipline of memorizing scripture. It's gonna take, you know, two hours out of my week. Yeah. That it didn't before. Like, well, okay, that's come from somewhere. So I think that's what we have to be talking about is how do we transform our time? The goal is transformation, not mm-hmm. consumption.
2: Mm-hmm. Not addition.
0: Not addition. Yeah. And um and this is where, as a, as a pastor, I often feel a lot of tension
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, because I have convictions around what is healthier. We both, I mean, that's what we're ta- that's a lot of what yeah. this podcast is. It's just a lot of reflections on our own. This is like the, the fruit of a lot of our own reflections and work over a season of mm-hmm. ministry that is, like, is tested out in our own lives, for better and for worse, um, that we just get to talk about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so and so I think this, is, this little section here is for us just to kind of think out loud about how do we protect against that mentality that we're both, we both struggle with or have been guilty of in our past and make sure that we're, th- how do we think, how do we have an imagination shift for that, for transforming our time? Because it has to mean saying no to other things. And that's, I yeah. guess, that's the tension I was getting at. That I feel as a pastor is like, I do want to push people towards these things. I do want mm-hmm. to push people towards because I think God's words are reliable and a, mm-hmm. and a source of life. Mm-hmm. And I think these disciplines, some of these that we have talked, we talked about in our podcast, do like God will use those things to transform us for the better. Yeah. And so I don't want to say, oh, you know, don't don't do these if it's hard.
1: Like I get it, yeah.
0: (laughs) But on the other hand, I don't. I don't want to create an unhealthy or unhelpful environment where people are just overwhelmed, and because it's not. That's not what Jesus invites us to.
2: Yeah, I I know. One thing that comes to mind is that the litmus test for this is love, which is such a general thing to say an abstract thing to say in a way. Like you said, we're our aim is transformation of time, mm-hmm. not just addition of time or consumption of time. Like we're aiming for transformation here. And to me, one of the ways you measure that is how d- does the way you're using your time or attempting this or experimenting, mm-hmm. does it lead to love, greater love yeah. for God, for other people nearest and dearest to you? For yourself and the life God has given you, so that to me is kind of the antidote to cons- to that temptation towards consumerism and more and mm. more and more. There's a real discontent and like if only I um, can do this, then I'll get there. And the antidote to me is is what the Desert Fathers and Mothers mm. would say as "Stay inside yourself." Have you heard that like proverb? Mm. Mm. There's this I don't know the story, but there's kind of this line of advice in the desert fathers and mothers where the advice would be go inside your cell and it will teach you everything you need to know Mm -hmm. and the cell being like their their vocation like their little room that they felt like god called them to Mm -hmm. figure out their life in and so that that's something i've heard a lot is go inside your cell and it will teach you everything you need to know in the sense of um stay inside your life like Your limitations, your life stage, your job, your relationships. Yeah. And it will teach you everything you need to know. And it will teach you how to love. There's this quote I talked about. It was probably like almost a year ago now from that book, Domestic Monastery. And the idea was, he said, your place of work is a seminary. Your work is a sacrament. The people in your life are like a monastery. And your home is a sanctuary. So the idea to me in that is that instead of thinking we have to go or get or purchase Mm -hmm. or change, that God comes disguised in the situations of our life, and all of them are a school for love. They'll teach us what we need to know about love. If we can have the eyes to kind of accept what is and learn how to be content with the limitations. Yeah. To me that's the key for yeah. finding out how to love
0: yeah. what we have. Yeah. I think I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that it it makes sense to me that God is present regardless of our circumstance. And so mm-hmm. it's not as if you have to go somewhere else to find him mm-hmm. or to hear from him. Mm-hmm. Um or, or to learn how to see him in, in your in in your midst and um, have that kind of connection. I think it's the it's got to be the the learning piece. Like, where is that happening? And I and I think maybe that's where some of the the disciplines are the are the learning bit of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is if we are talking about having to use at least some time and energy and space, it would be okay. I need to. Allow God to teach me how to see what you just said, mm-hmm. basically how to be present in a way and sh- how to have imagination shift for some of the life that I'm that I have
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, to to know and be present to God in it. Yeah. So I think it, it sounds like there's a bit of a both and here of we're not like Jesus or uh, we're not being called out of the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Or out of our life as it is, um, but to have some space, margin um, that's intentional about okay, God, I need to. Will you teach me? I love that. Will you teach me? And and our first, we're in the rooted series at the table. Our first one, we have seven core longings as a community that's our part of our DNA and of, of who we. Want to be, and they can go any in any order, but except for the first one, which is um, word-centered, Christ-focused, or word-focused, Christ-centered. I always get those two mm-hmm. mixed up, and, and those two really belong together. That um, we talked about this last week. Yeah. The beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. This is identification of Jesus with the word—he's he's the word made flesh. And um, that God has chosen to use His self-disclosure in the Scriptures and ultimately in Jesus to reveal Himself to us, that we can see Him and we know how He works. What is He like? What is His character? Mm-hmm. We can we have been invited to see it clearly through this, according according to the Scriptures, according to the Bible, and and maybe a part of it is just even what we talked about last time of. of Letting that little seed grow into something bigger for our, the whole rest of our day, and mm-hmm. the whole rest of our week, and the whole rest of our years, and the whole rest of our life.
1: Mm-hmm. That we
0: can have the kingdom growing in our midst in that way. I think that's the thing I would I want to like push that. on as a pastor is yeah. okay, You got to find a little bit of time for that. Yeah, I think I know, it doesn't matter who you are. I think you need to find a little bit of space where you are. Whether you, whether you already have some of that discipline in your life, or whether it's something you're like, oh gosh, I, yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. I got to find it. I got to transform some time. Yeah. I got to exchange some time to 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 allow God to, to redeem this whole thing. Yeah. I don't think... Not your whole life, no. but some time.
2: I agree. I love that framework of it being about learning and just setting aside some time in order to learn and to ask God yeah. to teach us.
0: Yeah. And to shame and guilt have have a limited role to yeah. move us towards these things, mm-hmm. but that's it. Like, it's no no room. Like, God is patient and kind and and will take us as we are. Take us as we are. Like, I. if you're in that spot where it's like, I've literally done none of that for years and years and years and years. Fine. Great. Now's a great time. It's the day to start. You yeah. Know, now's the time to start thinking about, okay, how can I transform... 15 minutes. Yes. Whatever whatever, just the tiniest most invisible seed can pack a big punch according to Jesus. Oh yeah. Just giving that little bit of space for him. It's all he needs. Yeah. To start. That image of the yeast.
1: Yeah.
0: Just works its way through the whole thing. I think it's a huge That's a huge hopeful constant image of Jesus mm-hmm. in the gospels. Just need a just tiniest starter. Yeah. And take courage and take comfort and take hope in that. It's always been super helpful for me when I'm feeling like, wow. I don't feel close at all to some of these things that I I thought I should be or would want to be or could be.
2: Such a contrast image to consumerism, which makes me think of like Mm. Malls and yeah. more is more and bank accounts, like bigness. Yeah, the right. seed is like such a contrast. Mm-hmm. And what you're talking about reminds me of Henry Nowen's definition of discipline. We think of discipline as like, okay, I'm gonna like have a really strong mental mind. Mm. I'm gonna bear with something, I'm gonna mm-hmm. push forward. Like it it kind of connotes strength and will. Yeah. And he defines discipline as the effort to create space in which God can do something that we hadn't asked or imagined. So it's what you're talking about. Like, um, I'm going to—I mean, it does involve effort. That's the tension. Mm
1: -hmm. It
2: does involve intentionality or setting aside time and going against the grain of culture and against the grain of ourselves and our feelings about how to use our day. But it's just the effort required to create some space. And then that's what we do. And then God— in which God can do something that we hadn't planned or imagined with the little bit we think we're giving. Yeah, that is what. That's the heart of discipline. This
0: image for me of that space is the the little plot in the soil. Yeah, d- for God to tr- drop a tiny seed down. Yeah, or the the dough.
2: Yeah, for the, the little
0: yeast. Yeah, in. sprinkle the yeast in. Yeah, I think that's a helpful image because it's yeah. one of receiving. It's one of of a hospitality. Of okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not much, but it's what I have to start.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you are a God who can do this kind of thing, mm-hmm. can take a very little thing and make it make it work and make it grow.
2: Yeah, and something that it makes me remember about my own practice, like I still have to make time, you know, like it is. it is much more of a habit now
1: mm-hmm.
2: to set aside time, but sometimes I still in the morning or midway through the day I'm like can I skip this part can I mm-hmm. skip the opening to God bit
1: mm-hmm.
2: for today cuz I have a lot to do
1: yeah
2: and a framework that helps me get back into it and start over and over again is using the language of investment which is a financial language in a way you know feels mm-hmm. like it's in the consumerism realm but it's it's telling myself I am investing Yeah, I do have this impulse to invest, Mm -hmm. but I am going to experiment with investing in something I don't, I can't see. Like, I don't see the fruits of that little plot of Mm -hmm. land or that little space, that amount of time, the way I see the fruits of retail therapy. Which Mm. is like I don't feel fulfilled. My heart is restless.
0: Retail therapy. I don't feel great.
2: But if retail therapy gives you this bang for your buck, there's this like fruit for your purchase. It's Mm -hmm. a transaction, and it does. It's a dopamine hit. That's what Mm -hmm. that book Seculosity told us. Yeah. So we're getting all these dopamine hits in all these areas of our life where we're trying to Mm -hmm. find fulfillment, and that is the tricky part about life with God. Is that one thing you have to trust is that. There is fruit, and there is transformation happening, and there yeah. is an investment that's worthwhile, but mm-hmm. you don't always day of
0: no and in that's, the
2: moment
1: see it
0: and i I think there's an invitation of freedom there because you're not we're not in charge of the fruit
1: mm-hmm. or the plant I,
0: it from I think a certain angle we're just in charge of the little plot of ground and making sure there's a little hole there
1: <laughs> yeah
0: do you know what I mean yes like uh. And that's not very exciting, maybe, or it's not. It certainly pushes against the culture of instant gratification. And I need the I need the full, the full crop now, please. But there is something freeing of okay. My job is to dig that little hole for the seed. Yeah, every day or, or every week or whatever, whatever it is, and or that little starter space for the the yeast. Mm-hmm. And God takes care of the fruit. Yes, and that's the promise. It's the mm-hmm. promise to to Mary,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, on behalf of all of Israel and then all the world. It's it's the promise of the, all the parables of the sower and the seed and the um the the pearl of great price and the treasure hidden in the field. All those things. Yeah. It's like just even just a little mustard. Just give me a little bit in there. Your job, just give a little space. Be have that little space of hospitality for me to be with you to be present to me and i'll take care of the rest yeah I, yeah it's probably going to be slow but it's the the fruit's far far outweigh the effort is the parable promise yes far outweigh the the effort that's put in because god is doing the work that's the that's the easy yoke thing mm-hmm. that was that I had underlined in this on this passage is that we whatever we're calling people to, if we're gonna be like Jesus, we have to call them to an easy, easier yoke than what they already have. I agree. And that's what Jesus is calling us to is that he's the images of two oxen yoked together mm-hmm. to tread out whatever it was they treaded out. Um but Jesus is on the other side of that and he's the stronger ox and we get to part- We get to walk with them in that easier. The yoke is there. It's the teaching. Mm-hmm. It's the here's the path of life. Here's here's how life works out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm doing the heavy work here, and I'm calling you to participate with me. Yeah, and that's why he calls it an easy yoke.
1: Yeah,
2: it's beautiful. That was my timer. Did you hear the ding ding? I did. Yeah.
0: Do we need to sum up?
2: Okay, the Great Disconnect is about how surprisingly isolated we are in our neighborhoods and how our happiness and sense of meaning in life is related to our interdependence and our connections with others that's that was the first bit of our conversation mm. and then this tendency towards consumerism in us that we think if we add more if only we get this or try this or feel this we might be happier and and really wanting to be careful that we don't superimpose that into our posture yeah in our spiritual lives mm-hmm. and onto our prayers
0: And thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, if you've got ideas for future shows, please email at us at bearwithme at tablechurch.ca. And we don't want to do the work. Vanessa and I, we don't like to do work, so we don't want to do the work of figuring out how to be a better podcast. We want you to tell us. So, email us, and we'll, we're new at this, so we'll take your considerations, you know? Who knows? Um... Check out the show notes for resources and links we mentioned in this show and any other bonus items we throw in there. Who knows? We might have some, some really great stuff in there, right? Um, Bear With Me is a Table Radio podcast, an extension of the life of the Table Church, a community in Victoria, British Columbia. To learn more about our community, please go to
1: tablechurch.ca. See you next time.